0: You are listening to I 35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written by Bruce R. Coleman. Episode 2 Parasite.
1: I, I, I am, I am heard Pete
2: Hertwig. Was. I am Deputy Sheriff of Makepeace, Texas. Was. It seems to be the supreme joke of the universe that the thing that you love the most can be the thing that kills you. And when you finally take a chance in your life to reach out to somebody, you more often than not can draw back a bloody hand, try to help a wounded dog and you get bit. That's the way it is. I wish it wasn't, but it is. I know this personally, because the thing that I love killed me. I am dead. At least, I think I might be. I don't hear anything. Can't touch anything. Taste, smell. There is nothing. But I am strangely calm. I almost welcome this darkness and silence. I spent too long in my life being tied up in knots, being a slave to my secrets. For a time, it looked like an angel had come to save me. As it turned out, I drew back more than a bloody hand. I spent that whole night looking after the stranger. I had felt particularly protective of him, since it was me that found him out on the highway. Sometimes I think I have seen it all. So it wasn't too much of a shock seeing him at first. Like a ghost. I stopped to assist him. To help. Save him, if he needed it. He was half out of his mind, repeating the same thing over and over. Oh, 08. Oh, 08. Mr. Purcell, the science teacher from over at the high school, says it might have to do with the big scar on the stranger's back. A big O with a little 8 under it. Mr. Purcell says it's the chemical symbol for oxygen. A mystery at first. We all eventually come to understand its terrible meaning. <clears throat> Later that night, once I got him over to my small house, the stranger was able to quiet down and get some sleep on my sofa. I sat in the chair next to him, watching him breathe. A couple of times in the night he stirred and called out a bit, but he mostly slept. sun finally came up, and this never-ending night was over. Eventually the stranger took in a breath, moaned a little, and opened his eyes. He stared at me for a long time his crystal blue eyes slowly shifting into focus. I gave him a friendly and warm smile so he wouldn't be afraid. His look burned straight through me. I... I do not... I do not know you. Not just yet. I found you wandering out on the highway last night. You were lost and confused, and you were hurt. Bad. I took you to some people and we all helped you. People? What people? More than just you? Well, me, the sheriff. There was a vet there that helped dress your wounds, the the local science teacher from over at the high school. Oh, and Miss Bellman, she runs the diner where we looked after you.
1: No hospital? No blood taken?
2: No, sir. There was a big old blackout last night, and the hospital was too far away. Besides, for some reason or another, you seem to be healing pretty well. My name is Pete. Pete Hurtwig. I'm the deputy here.
1: Here? Where exactly is here?
2: This is Makepeace, Wise County.
1: Makepeace?
2: Yes, sir. Are you from around here?
1: No, not yet.
2: Well, as soon as you get to feeling better, I'll make sure you make it home.
1: No, you cannot help me. You must stay away. I can... Uh, oh no.
2: Whoa, whoa, slow down there. You can't stand up like that you got to take it slow and easy. You've had one hell of a night, and you're just going to have to relax for a little bit.
1: All right. Yes. Yes. You're right. I just need to lie down for a bit. That's right. Thank you for helping me, sir.
2: Pete. I'd like it if you called me Pete.
1: Pete? Peter? Like in the Bible? Thank you, Peter.
2: I still. I don't know what to call you.
1: My name is Micah.
2: Micah. That's a name from the Bible too, isn't it? Yes. I've got some clothes set aside for you. For later. I found you. Well, you were naked out there. I don't know what became of your clothes, do you?
1: This is how I started out, Peter. I have everything with me that I need.
2: Oh, well, you just go on back to sleep.
1: You're a kind man, Peter. Very kind. There is a kindness in your eyes. This is a sight nearly unfamiliar and forgotten. Kindness.
2: Thank you, Micah. Micah? You awake? Guess not. I... You have kind eyes, too.
3: Pate! we Hurdweave, you been there? Shh!
2: I'm coming! Deborah, Joe, would you hush up? I got somebody in here trying to sleep. Well, who is it? Some injured fellow we pulled in from off the highway last night. We couldn't get him to Denton Central, so he bunked in with me.
3: Don't you know him?
2: No, I never saw him before. Well,
3: Pete, are you crazy? Let a complete stranger stay in your place with you? He could have killed you in the night.
2: You don't know what you're talking about, D. This guy can't even stand up right now. Besides, I talked to him some. He seems... I don't know, kind of gentle. A good man.
3: I come for our breakfast date, Pete. How long are you going to have to babysit him? Can't you get him up and out of here? Oh,
2: shoot. I am sorry. With all the commotion of last night, I completely forgot about breakfast. Well,
3: I didn't. I was really upset last night, not knowing when the lights would come back on, not knowing where you were, and not being able to get in contact with anybody. I was hoping we'd be able to spend some time together this morning before you had to get back over to the courthouse.
2: I know, and I'm sorry. But I feel responsible for this man. I feel like I got to make sure that he's taken care of.
3: Well, that's just fine, Pete Hertwig. Seems you're more concerned about a total stranger than you are your own girlfriend.
2: You are being plumb stupid, Deborah Joe. Of course I care about you, but I didn't pull you naked, burned, and animal bit off the highway last night, did I? I'm sorry. It's just that I have a duty. I know. I thought you understood that when we started going out.
3: I do. I'm sorry.
2: Did you hear from your daddy this morning?
3: He was up early, thinking about calling a state of emergency.
2: Really? Why?
3: I don't know. He's the mayor. That's the kind of stuff you do when you're the mayor.
2: Oh, Dee, I'm really sorry. I'll make it up to you tonight. You want to have dinner? Maybe go to the drive-in?
3: Alone? Without your friend in there?
2: Yes. Sure. Sure. He should be gone by then.
3: Well, all right. You may make it up to me, and I'll make it up to you, too. Well, now what?
2: It's Ridge. I'll bet he's here to pick up the stranger. Look, I need to get going. I will call you.
3: You better. Morning, Sheriff Prothrow.
2: Morning,
4: Miss Lassiter. Lots of excitement last night.
3: Sure looks like it from here.
4: If you see your daddy, you tell him I'll be down at the courthouse in about 30 minutes.
3: Yes, sir. I'll see you later tonight, Pete. Goodbye now.
4: Bye, Deborah Joe. I'll call you. Morning, Sheriff. Morning, son. Sweet girl. You keeping company with her? We go out time to time. Yes, sir, sweet girl. Don't know how it happened. Her daddy is one mean son of
2: a bitch. How's the patient? Come on in. He's resting.
4: Now, we need to think about bringing him around. I'd like to get him over to Denton County General so they can look at no him. No need to whisper, sir. Oh. I am awake. Um, all right, then. Then uh, Go on. Sit up, if you would. How you feeling?
1: I have a little bit of a headache. And I'm pretty dry. Let me get you another glass of water. Thank you, Peter.
4: You mind if I take a look at you, son?
1: No, I suppose it's all right.
4: Looks like them places are healing up on you nice and clean. Sure must be a good diet you're on, wherever you came in from. Yes. You remember much about last night, son?
1: Not much. It's all a little hazy.
4: Is there anybody you'd like me to call? Your folks? Wife? Loved ones or kin?
1: I don't think you could reach them from here.
4: I see. Well, son, I am eventually going to need a few answers from you.
1: Have I broken any laws?
4: Well, possible public intoxication for one, disorderly behavior, resisting investigation. Ridge, please. He has been through enough. Can't you cut him a little slack? All right, all right. do so no need to worry, son. That was just me using my official police officer's voice. Just trying to help you out. Now. Can you at least tell me what your name is? Micah. Micah? See, you don't belong to some kind of religious cult, do you? Now, Ridge, why on earth
2: would you say a thing like that? Well,
4: that old-fashioned churchy name, for one, that very graphic scarring you got on your back, for another. Yes. Don't suppose you'd like to talk about that, would you, son? I would rather not. Well, I'd be mighty obliged if you would change your mind. Here's your
2: water, Micah.
1: Thank you, Peter.
2: How's that bite on your chest doing? Bite? You got bit by some kind of animal last night. That's what that bandage is across your chest. Doc Martinez showed me how to change the dressing on it and keep it sterilized. I've been tended to it every couple hours. No. Oh no. Now son, there's no need to get yourself upset. That bite
4: is small. Why don't you get yourself dressed? I'd like to take you to the hospital over in Denton and have a doctor take a look at you and make sure you're all right. No, not that. No. Pete, you help him dress and come with us. When we drop him off, you and me gotta go meet Doc Martinez at the coroner's office. Coroner's office?
2: What the heck for? Sad news, son. They think they found Howard. Oh, no. He ain't dead, is he? Afraid so. Poor Miss Bellman. What did they say happened to him?
4: Doc said it looked like he'd been attacked by some kind of wild animal, too. Like our friend here. But much worse. Said he was torn limb from limb. Doc said in all his years in practice he ain't never seen an animal in the county could do this kind of damage to a man. Poor old Howard.
1: Was there much blood? How's that? Can you tell me about the blood?
4: Well, now that's a mighty interesting question. Why do you ask?
1: I need to know. Was there much blood?
4: Doc said there was no blood. In fact, Doc said it was like old Howard had been drained of any bit of moisture at all.
1: No. Oh, God, no.
4: Son, your behavior is leading me to believe that you know something about this, is that right? Do you know something about this? You want to tell me what you know about this? What are you asking, Ridge? Sir,
1: I have to go with you. To the coroner, please. It is of the utmost importance that I see the man's body.
4: You know, son, as I see it, there ain't a good chance in hell I'll be letting you out of my sight any time soon. Not now. Not till you tell me what you know about any of this here business. Now get dressed. Pete, take the prisoner into custody. Prisoner? I'll radio ahead and let Doc know the three of us are on our way.
5: Because of the county-wide blackout, there wasn't going to be any school that next day. So, I thought I would head back over to the country boy to check on the wind and grab some lunch. To be honest, I was still a little spooked by the occurrences of the previous night. I wanted to be around people, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't also hoping that Alice Tisdale would show up. Alice Tisdale. She was pretty and smart and had a feisty side. Yes, sir, I had a bad for her. We'd sometime run into each other at the country boy, or those rare occurrences when I found myself over at the church. I'd spoken to her a couple times, but never quite had the nerve to do anything about it. After all, she was an executive assistant over at the Omega Geophysical and Oil Refinery and I was just a plain old high school science teacher. But I loved her deeply as it turned out. Alice, please forgive me for wasting so much time. I should have taken you in my arms the first time I ever saw you. Of course, you weren't the only one I let down. But you were the one that mattered the most. I didn't have to wait too long. Luck was on my side for a change. I watched Alice pull up into the country boy parking lot.
6: More coffee, Ray?
5: Thanks, Luann. kind of quiet right now.
6: Won't last long. People have to eat. Look there. Here comes that sweet Alice Tisdale. I was hoping she would show up. Funny thing about hope. Hey there, Miss Bellman. Come on in, honey. You just sit wherever you like. I'll be right with you. Thank you, ma'am. Hey there, Alice.
3: Well, hey, Ray. Surprised to see you. You taking the day off?
5: No school today. Why don't you join me?
3: Well, that's a nice idea. I think I will.
5: What can I get for you,
6: Alice?
3: Oh, just a chicken sandwich and some french fries, please. Can I get you some coffee? Iced tea? Sweet tea, please.
6: I'll get it right out to you as soon as I am able. We are a little short-handed today.
3: I get a whole hour for lunch, so no need to hurry. Ray, you say there's no school? Is it some kind of state holiday I don't know about?
5: No, just after all the excitement last night and the damage from it, it's going to take a while to get back on the grid.
3: Why? What happened?
5: You're kidding, right? Right. Alice, the whole county went black last night. Electricity, radios, phones. It's like the whole world came to a halt.
3: Didn't you lose your lights last night? Well, I pulled a late shift at the refinery. When I got home, I just went straight to bed.
5: You mean the lights stayed on over at the Omega?
3: Yes, they did.
5: Well, can't you beat that. Luann, can you feature it?
3: Well, Ray, what are you going on about?
5: Alice, this whole county was powered down for most of the night. The school, the courthouse, the bus station, everything. The radio's... Cleared up this morning, and they were saying whatever it was took out most of Wise County. As far south as Fort Worth, as far east as Denton, it all come to a standstill. But you're saying the Omega Geophysical Refinery stayed on the grid last night.
3: Well, yes. We run a full shift through. There wasn't a sign of one thing being out of place.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, that is mighty curious indeed.
3: Well, do you think something's wrong?
5: I don't know. I, I just don't know. It seems that a whole lot of strange things all come together at the very same time last night. Like What? like the lights and the WAN's fry cook went missing and and you know Pete Hertwig, the deputy, he rescued some poor fella last night, beat up and
6: out of his mind with fever. And naked. Don't forget the naked part. <laughs> all right, Lou, all right. And Alice, honey, he was slap-my-daddy handsome. I mean, outside of the burns, scars, and animal bites, he looked like one of them Italian statues come to life. Tall, long, blonde, wavy hair. But he wasn't trashy like some old hippie. He was just beautiful, a fine-looking man. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to have missed him.
5: Hey, Luanne, car's pulling in. You got yourself another customer. Well,
6: good lord. I hope this ain't the start of some kind of noontime stampede through here. No offense to you kids, but this would have been a heck of a fine day for everybody to pack a lunch.
3: Well, what became of this beautiful man?
6: Ridge and Peter looking
5: after him. Probably got him to the hospital by now. Well, hey, look at that.
3: Who is it, Ray? I can't see.
5: It's the mayor. Mayor Lassiter. Oh, him. You don't sound too thrilled.
3: Well, as a matter of fact... I'll tell you
6: later. Morning, Mr. Mayor. What brings you out here today?
7: Just a cup of coffee to go, please.
6: Yes, sir. You want cream with that?
7: Black, please. Quite a night we had last night, wasn't it? Yes, sir. You running any trouble out here? Trouble? You know, you lose a little electric current for a few hours, people find themselves getting into, well, all manner of situations.
6: Well, one of my fry cooks has gone AWOL. Took off last night, and nobody's seen hiding or hair of him. See there? just like I said. Oh, but Howard ain't the type to cause no trouble. He's old and cranky and meaner than a wet cat, but he's mostly just full of guff. Ain't that right, Ray? <laughs> I'd say that's pretty accurate. Uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, this here's Ray Purcell. He's science teacher over at the high school.
5: Good to know
7: you. Same here.
6: And Alice Tisdale. She's from over the Omega Refinery. Hello.
7: Ah, uh, I'm sure we've met. Good to see you, young lady.
6: My pleasure, Mr. Lassiter.
7: So, other than a missing cook, business as usual, you'd say?
6: Oh, Ray, right. tell the mayor about what Pete Hertwig stumbled onto last night.
7: Right, Luann.
5: This is a
6: real hair-raiser, Mr. Mayor.
5: Luann, I'm sure that the mayor has better things to do than to worry about some hungover college kid that the deputy picked up for vagrancy. Mr. Lassiter, now you know what happened. Some liquored-up frat boy from over at North Texas State took somebody up on a dare and wound up in the middle of nowhere trying to get home. He's probably sleeping through his economics class right now.
7: Yes. <laughs> yes, you're probably right. Reminds me of my hell-raising days back at Texas A&M. <laughs> Gig-a-Maggies. <laughs> yes, siree.
6: Here's your coffee, Mr. Mayor.
7: Thank you, young lady. Well, I guess I should be heading out. Got a lot of ground to cover today. Just checking in with the constituents, making sure all is well.
6: We do appreciate that, Mr. Mayor.
7: Well, good day, y'all. And, Luanne, don't be too hard on that old boy of yours when he comes dragging his tail in there back to work later on, you yeah?
6: I can't make any promises, Mr. Mayor. I'm so mad at Howard Tipton I could peel him like a grape.
7: Y'all have a good day now.
6: Well, what the heck was that all about, Ray?
5: I don't know, Lou. It's, it's not like me to lie like that. I, I kind of feel the same way Pete feels about that young man he brought in here. Protective. Something mysterious about the whole situation. A mystery that needs a little... Investigate. I guess you're right.
6: I should have thought about that before I opened my mouth.
5: The other bit of it is, well... I just never... I never cared too much for our mayor, Frank Lassiter. Always seemed a little more interested in lining his pockets than seeing to the needs of make peace.
6: Frank Lassiter has done a lot of good for this town. He's the one that brung the Omega here in the first place. Created a whole bunch of jobs like yours, Alice. Yes, ma'am. And I hate to say it, but I feel the same way Ray
3: does. He spends a lot of time in Miss Vosburg's office. He's got that way of smiling that tells you the cat just ate the canary, and he's thinking real serious about you being next... Miss Vosberg always gets real edgy and agitated when he comes around.
6: Well, I'd be lying if I said he didn't put me on edge a little, too. Spends a lot of time over at the Omega Refinery, is that right?
3: Yes. In fact, he was there last night. What time? Well, it was around 9 o'clock. Like I said, I stayed after to get caught up on some work. It'd be in the end of the month and all. Well, I had to go to the ladies' room, and I didn't want to go wandering through the halls, so I ducked into the bathroom in Miss Vosburg's office. I wasn't in there three minutes before I heard their voices.
6: Who was it, honey?
3: It was Miss Vosberg and Mayor Lassiter. They were deep in a real heated discussion. I didn't want to interrupt, so I decided to lay low. And I feel just terrible about it, but I, I heard every word they said.
5: What was it all about?
3: It wasn't very clear, but I think I remember all of it. Miss Vosberg came in first. She had a real edge to
0: her voice. She was saying, Them by several hundred feet. Halliburton, B and G. They've only been able to tap out at eight hundred to nine hundred feet.
7: And that's come from the engineers?
0: Yes, but I guided them there. The projections are in five years we will reach fifteen thousand to twenty thousand. And of course that's just the vertical.
7: Of course it's vertical. What else is there?
0: The plan is to eventually fracture the shale by going in horizontally.
7: It's not possible.
0: Frank, I am constantly amazed by your lack of imagination. In the last year, with all that you have encountered, you are still hobbled by what is and isn't possible.
7: Now hold on, sugar. You'll have to forgive me if my natural inclination towards the cynical and suspicious holds me back from wholesale cheerleading. Yes, you have opened my eyes to a future I never could have imagined. However, I need to start seeing a little return on my investment or I will be... Gravely disappointed.
0: Then I would say patience is another attribute you lack.
7: I don't have to be patient, Miss Vosberg. I own just about every inch of this town. Now then, has the package arrived?
0: We've been monitoring all of Wise County. Earlier this evening, an electromagnetic field began to form in the quadrant. At 8.30 this evening, there was a massive seismic shift in the field. And? We believe this is the origin of the transition.
7: Was the transition successful? Was the package delivered? Was there damage? How long till you can deliver on your promise?
0: I won't sugarcoat it. This is where our intelligence falls apart. The electromagnetic shift was so powerful at the site of the transition that all electricity and communication have been compromised. This entire area has gone offline. Except, of course, this refinery. We have never occupied the county's grid space. As you know, we manufacture our own energy.
7: And the package?
0: There was a certain amount of ionization that occurred during transition. That, along with the implant, should make the package easy to trace and monitor. However... However... Typically, a subject who has withstood transition is partially immobilized for an amount of time after the event. Total irreversible paralysis has also been known to occur. Somehow, our subject has become almost immediately mobile...
7: Are you telling me that with months of time invested and millions of dollars spent, you've somehow managed to lose the package? It's only
0: a momentary setback. The ionization residue from transition will stay with the subject for some time. And the implant. We simply have to sweep the area again until we pick up the signal.
7: Well, you make it all seem so possible, don't you? And my investors, Miss Vosberg... What is the company line I am to deliver to my investors? Months of research, preparation, expense has been squandered because you lost the key ingredient. This is a
0: momentary setback. It will be corrected.
7: I'm a gambling man, sugar. I like the stakes to be high. I signed on to be part of this project because if, and I mean if, it brings me a return I can get excited about, well then, there won't be any stopping us, will there? If it goes south and all this turns out to be a fairy tale you're spinning... I might just get a little upset. Are you
0: listening, Frank? I said, this setback will be corrected.
7: See, that it is, sugar.
0: There is one other thing you might be interested in. What's that? Immediately after transition tonight, the monitor picked up an... anomaly. In English? The tracking system honed in on the ionization attached to the package. But then, something strange happened. At first I thought it was an echo, but the movement was variable. The ionization split into two distinctive entities. Is
7: there a point to this?
0: I know this isn't about the stock market or which kind of beer goes best with barbecue, but what I am telling you is important. So listen very closely, Mr. Mayor. The package has been delivered, but it did not arrive alone.
5: Package has been delivered, but it did not arrive alone, huh? Well, my goodness. You sure about all that?
3: Ray, I was first in my class at secretarial school. My dictation skills are A number one. I've been trained to remember the last detail of what I've been told.
1: Or overheard.
3: Now, Ray, I just feel awful for eavesdropping. What happened next, Alice? Well, Ms. Fosberg mentioned the monitoring system again, and she and the mayor stormed back out of the room, and I, I finished up the project I was working on, headed home, and practically fell into bed.
6: What do you make of it, Ray? We
5: always knew that Mayor Laster had a big hand in bringing the Omega to make peace, but this sounds like something bigger than refining crude. And I don't like the sound of the word monitoring. I mean, are we being watched? This whole county goes off the grid last night, except the Omega. I'll tell you, I'm not typically paranoid, but something is up out there. The hair on the back of my neck is standing on end.
6: Oh, for the love of Pete, that damn phone. I kind of got used to it not ringing today. Looks like the phones are working again.
5: Can't say that I missed him. It's been nice and quiet around here. Hey, Alice, I've been meaning to ask. Are you busy tonight? No.
6: No, I'm not. Country boy. Ridge? Yes? How's that?
5: How's about dinner and a show?
6: I'd like that. Yes, Ray is here with me. Yes? Yes, I'm listening. You did? Well, is he all right? I said, is he all right? Yes, I'm going to be here for a while. Okay, see you then. Luann, everything all right? That was Ridge Prothrow. He and the boys are headed over to the courthouse. He says they found Howard.
1: It is amazing to me, when we are thrown into a disparate situation, just how much we realize we have taken for granted. The simplest things, the color of the grass, the smell of bacon cooking, the green of someone's eyes, The experience of absolute silence. I was glad that the sheriff had not asked too many questions. I will most certainly explain all. I am bound to it, now that others are involved. But I needed a few answers myself. There was such a feeling of dread that had crept over me with the discovery of my chest wound. The dread only intensified when hearing about the death of Peter's friend. I pray the two things are not related. I would hate to bring more despair to Peter's green eyes. The automobile ride to the courthouse became a thing of great joy for me. I kept the glass near me lowered so that I was pummeled by the wind, by an intoxicating and almost overwhelming intake of oxygen, pure, untainted natural air. I closed my eyes and lost myself in the sense of it, and felt my body get even stronger. It swelled with life and energy, so much feeling. When I opened my eyes, I was met by green and golden earth touching blue sky. I wept. Quietly, of course. I wept for the joy brought on by experience. And I wept for the near inevitable loss of it all. We arrived at the courthouse and descended into its depths. We pushed through a door-lettered corner, and were met by a bent and wizened man staring intently at a document before him.
8: Well now, look who's up and about. How you doing, young man? Are you the doctor that helped me last night? Guilty as charged. And I would say I'm doing a pretty damn good job of patching you up.
1: I thank you, Dr...
8: Martinez. Most folks call me Doc. It's the honest truth, Doc. Ain't hardly a mark on him.
2: Doc, we're here to see the body.
8: Fine then. No need for small talk. I'm glad you come along with them, young fella.
1: My name is Micah.
8: Micah? Rich said you had some questions about the blood. Howard's blood. Kind of funny you asking about the blood, specifically. There's something mighty strange and interesting about the state of old Howard here. Do you think maybe you can help us answer a few questions?
1: I will do everything I can to help, sir.
8: What's
2: on your mind, Doc?
7: Hope you don't mind me busting in like this, Martinez. Morning, Mr. Mayor. We'll see, Doc. Time will tell. First off, you want to tell me what the hell a vet's doing on this job?
8: Looks like the deceased may have been attacked by an animal. I'm here to identify the culprit. Uh Uh-huh. Sheriff?
4: Mayor Lasseter?
7: Glad you're here, Sheriff. I need to make sure we're on the same page. Just for the sake of looking at this from all the angles. Suppose this turns out not to be an animal mauling. This looks like a homicide. We need to keep it on the QT. We don't need a bunch of FBI coming in here until we can take a swing at this thing ourselves. Understood?
4: Understood.
7: Now then, y'all seen the crime last night? I'm not quite sure a crime has been committed, Frank. Sheriff, I'd appreciate it if you'd address me formally when we are in the company of your subordinates. I work pretty damn hard during my place in local government. I like it when my employees use the correct greeting.
4: Yes, sir, Mr. Mayor.
7: Now then, were you there?
4: Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Mayor. Me, Doc, Deputy Hertwig, And this? Who are you? I am Micah. I... Uh, he
2: is my cousin from out of town, Sulphur Springs. He's been up here staying with me since summer. He come over to the country boy with me when the blackout hit last night.
7: Uh-huh. Well, welcome to make peace. Anybody else on the premises last night?
4: Well, of course, Ann Bellman was there, and Howard, till he disappeared. Mr.
8: Mayor? I really need to get this body opened up and examined. If you're gonna stick around, that's fine, but the decomposition ain't gonna wait too much longer. No, no, Doc, you go right ahead. I
4: have
7: to sign off on a few things. I expect a full report on my desk by tonight.
8: Yes,
4: sir, Mr. Mayor.
7: Carry on, then. Nice to meet you, son. I don't believe I caught your last name. Uh, it's It's... Angel, you know, like an angel. How nice, (laughs) Mr. Angel. Well, I want to personally welcome you to Make Peace. I'm sure you'll find our little community very friendly. If you need anything, you just let me know. I will, sir. Good, good. Well, now, it's a beautiful day here in Texas. Y'all don't spend too much time down here in the dark, you hear?
4: You know... I am not a violent man, but I'd like to drag that smirking son of a bitch out in the alley and give him what for. Ridge. Earned his place in county government my foot. Hell, that mayoral election was bought and paid for with oil money. I
8: can't believe y'all. Oh, put your eyes back in your head, Pete. You just lied to the man's face yourself. Too bad you ain't better at it. Angel. Angel? That's the best you could come up with? Boy, remind me never to let you cover for me when I'm in a pinch. Well, jeez Louise, I just about panicked. It was the best I could come up with on
2: the spot. I didn't want Mayor Lassiter investigating Micah until we had a chance to help him.
4: Micah, Angel. I like it. All right, now, social hour's over. Show us what
8: you got there, Doc. He's over here. Boys, take these masks and hang on to your stomachs. This ain't a pretty sight. Let me remove this sheet. Holy cow! That's almost my reaction, Pete. I ain't never seen anything like this. Are you sure this is Howard, Doc? Corner matched up his dental records with the few teeth they found left. What makes... What makes you so sure an animal
1: was involved? Flesh is torn,
8: like teeth. Not clean cuts, like a knife. Muscles are stretched from being torn off the bone. Yes? Look here at his chest. See that hole? You see how the lung is exposed? Now you'll forgive me if I press a point here. Is this ringing any kind of bell with you people? Does this hole in Howard's chest remind anybody of anything in particular?
4: Well, I'll be damned. It can't be. It's too much of a coincidence.
8: You're being awful quiet over there, Micah Angel. I sure would like to be wrong about this. Come have a look. Or maybe you don't need to. I bet you can describe this chest wound just fine. Micah? Tell us what we're looking at here, son.
1: You are looking at a hole that has been bitten through Howard's exterior flesh and into the lung tissue. It is a circular bite that is serrated in such a way that you can tell that the organism that produced it has two sets of razor-like teeth.
8: That's right, son. Anything else you want to tell us?
1: Yes. The bite is almost identical to the one you dressed on my chest last night. Only the one on Howard's corpse is considerably larger, and there is more damage to the body.
8: A spot-on analysis if I ever heard one. Maybe you wasn't so out of your mind last night. Maybe you knew more than you're telling.
1: Yes. And there is one other thing.
8: Please, tell us, son.
1: If you examine the rendered tissue around the lung, you will find, in one stage or another, a malignant growth. Say it plain, son. Your friend Howard was dying of cancer.
0: You have been listening to I-35 Radio Rep's production of The Scorched Earth, written and directed by Bruce R. Coleman. Sound engineering is by Richard Froelich. Music is by Gregory Lush. The I-35 Radio Repertory Company members are Heath Billups, Blake Blair, Bruce R. Coleman, Rick Espelot, Adrian Godinez, Lisa Ann Harum, Lee Jameson, Ariana Movesack, Max Swarner, and Dalen Walton. The I-35 Radio Rep would like to thank Stage, the Society for Theatrical Artists' Guidance and Enhancement for its generosity and support. Special thanks also to the Texas Radio Theater Company and Cat House Studios. Look for I-35 Radio Rep on Facebook and Twitter. Please join us next time for the Scorched Earth Episode 3, Blood. Blood.
9: Double break stop my car. Well, have you seen the skies and make peace? Have you seen the skies tonight? There's something going on in make peace. But something doesn't seem quite right. Curse the silence. There ain't no one else around. The lights have vanished in the darkness, so I headed into town. Have you seen the skies and make peace? Have you seen the skies tonight? something going on in peace. something doesn't seem quite right I've waited all my life to see the stars Have you seen the skies make peace. Have you seen the skies tonight. There's something going on in make peace. Yeah, something doesn't seem quite right.